Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Hey guys, I have been really busy the last week uh, preparing for a presentation that I gave on Friday evening to a group of new school board members and their supporters in a county in Oregon that has gained a majority on every single school board in their county. Now, that is impressive. It's not only impressive, you know, just on its face, but it's impressive, especially in the state of Oregon. And it happened because one one committed individual, one committed conservative in the county party, the county Republican Party, made it his personal mission to get these school board members elected and gain the power that is necessary to actually make change within the school district. Matt Wyatt is that individual, and we applaud him. Him and his committed group of supporters who coordinated this effort in Lynn County, Oregon. Thank you so much, Matt. Now, this came about because Matt attended our Northwest Safe Schools Summit. He already had it in mind to get good conservatives elected to public office in his county, through his county Republican Party. But our event, focused on K-12 education, motivated people to run for school board and energize those candidates that we already had uh, identified and were uh, working toward election to be even more uh, knowledgeable and committed to their goal of attaining a majority on their school boards. So our strategy basically is twofold. We must gain a majority on every school board. And the way we do that is to monitor our local school board meetings and determine who is on our side, who on the board is in agreement with the parents of the community. Following that, we recruit candidates based upon who is good and who is not so good. Who do we need to replace and why? Then we go about recruiting these candidates and helping them get elected. But that's not the end of it. That's not when it's over. In fact, it's never over, actually, is it? Because we must continue following up with those members 
on our board that have the majority, we need to follow up with them to become more informed, to attend meetings, to speak up, and to support the effort that those new school board members are making to actually change policy, to right the ship, to reverse the to reverse the bad direction that our local schools have taken in educating our children. And that doesn't mean that every school board is in trouble or that things are things are going sideways, but they may not actually know it. And that's what we found is that the way the progressive Marxist ideology works is very sometimes stealth. We don't know what we don't know. For example, social emotional learning is one of those um, one of those umbrellas that actually embraces uh, restorative justice, Black Lives Matter, critical race theory, etc. It's all under the social emotional learning umbrella and can be very benign, good sounding, um, you know, great descriptive words that seem just fine, but are not. So with this idea in mind, I wanted to share with you in the next couple of weeks, some information about a Marxism. It sounds so radical, doesn't it? For those of us who don't haven't looked into it, it really is quite uh, simple. It, it's not complicated. Uh, Marxism is uh, basically an ideology, a political ideology that is taking over our country and will, if we don't stop it, will destroy us. Now, this is serious, guys. I am very serious. And recently, I picked up um, Mark Levin's book, American Marxism. Mark Levin is a constitutional attorney, and I've followed him for years. I, I think he's one of the best advocates for the United States Constitution that we have in our country today. He's on television. He has a Sunday show on the Fox News station, does radio. He's fantastic. I want to point you to his book, American Marxism. Now, this is playing out in our communities and in our schools. And of course, in Oregon, you know, we're seeing this. Maybe you're not so much, but I'll tell you, it is there. It is there, and it's coming uh, directly into our schools through the National Education Association. The NEA is the the mothership of uh, all teachers' unions, and they are working arm-in-arm, hand-in-glove with Black Lives Matter at school and the Zen Education Project to teach our kids to hate their country, and to hate their flag. I'm going to tell you a story about this teacher in Newburgh School District. Her name is Gail Groby, and she is protesting against the new school board. They have a majority of conservatives who are advocating for minimizing the flags that are displayed on a regular basis in the classrooms and the and on the school grounds they are advocating that the only two flags that are displayed on a regular basis are to be 
the United States national flag, stars and stripes, and the state flag of Oregon. Why are they doing that? Because they want to stop the politicization of our students and stop dividing these students by race, by uh, sexual orientation, uh, by disability, by, I mean, you name it, but by their heritage, stop stereotyping these kids and help them be- get back to the basics of academics. So this teacher, Gail Groby, said, I took the American flag down in my classroom because that's the most political symbol there is. And when I see Trevor DeHart, who is the board vice chair, sitting there at those board meetings with that giant American flag behind him, it's terrifying. That symbol doesn't stand for freedom or justice or equality anymore. It stands for violence and menace and intolerance, and I will not fly that flag in my room. Now, I, we may have talked about this previously, but I wanted to remind you of how much she hates the American flag. Now, she goes on to state the Newburgh Education Association, who is an affiliate with the National Education Association, that's the teachers union, is forming an organizing committee to decide how union members will respond collectively to the school board's actions. In other words, they're going to protest. Uh, Actions by the NEA members may include collective protests that could take a variety of forms in the coming weeks she said. Now those NEA and local affiliates have crossed the line. It is clear they are not interested in supporting parents and communities. And forget about teachers respecting the authority of local school board and administrators. So who's the boss? I mean, the school board or the teachers union? Well, Mrs. Groby has strong feelings about her perceived power as a teacher. This is what she says. I've spent 23 years in this district, and you can't tell me what to do. I know my kids, and I know what's best for them. She doesn't get it, does it? Does she? She doesn't get it. Longevity in her teaching position does not give Miss Groby any right to determine what she can do and cannot do. She's an employee of the school district and therefore must adhere to district policy. I want to remind you, the school board by law hires the superintendent, who in turn is to carry out policies passed by the board. And the board represents the community. So that means the teachers also work for the board. Now, I don't want to make any assumptions that you actually know what Marxism is. We refer to it frequently, but let's just go back and review what it is. And I'm going to use Mark Levin's fabulous book to help us understand that. It's very, very simple. According to Mark Levin, in America, many Marxists cloak themselves in phrases like progressives, democratic socialists, social activists, community activists, etc. As most Americans remain openly hostile to the name Marxism. They don't like it. They don't like that word Marxism. It sounds so radical. It's so extreme. Mark goes on. They operate under myriad newly minted organizational or identifying nomenclatures, such as Black Lives Matter, Antifa, The Squad, and so on. 
and they claim to promote economic justice, environmental justice, racial equity, gender equity, etc. They have invented new theories, like critical race theory, and phrases and terminologies linked to or fit into a Marxist construct. Moreover, they claim the dominant culture and capitalist system are unjust and inequitable, racist and sexist, colonist and imperialist, materialistic and destructive of the environment. Of course, the purpose is to tear down and tear apart the nation for a thousand reasons and in a thousand ways, thereby dispiriting and demoralizing the public, undermining the citizenry's confidence in the nation's institutions, traditions, and customs, creating one calamity after another, weakening the nation from within, and ultimately destroying what we know as American republicanism and capitalism. There should be no mistake that various leaders of the counter-revolution are increasingly outspoken and brazen about who they are, including bands of openly Marxist professors and activists like that teacher in the school district in Newburgh, Oregon. They use tactics of propaganda, indoctrination, and demand conformity and compliance, silencing contrary voices through repressive tactics, such as the cancel culture, which destroys reputations and careers, censoring and banning mostly patriotic and contrary viewpoints on social media, even including former President Donald Trump and attacking academic freedom and intellectual interchange in higher education. So let's pause for a moment and just define Marxism. Well, Marxism is a social, political, and economic philosophy named after Karl Marx. It examines the effect of capitalism on labor, productivity, and economic development and argues for a worker revolution to overturn capitalism in favor of communism. Marxist posts that the struggle between social classes, specifically between the bourgeoisie or capitalists, and the proletariat or workers, defines economic relations in a capitalist economy and will inevitably lead to revolutionary communism. That doesn't work out well at all. And we do have examples of the failure of Marxism or communism. It actually is communism. So Mark goes on to talk about this. He states that despite the Marxist class warfare rhetoric of the Democrat Party, politicians and their surrogates, with technological and other advances, Capitalism has created unimaginable and unparalleled wealth for more people in all walks of life than any other economic system. Marx's insistence that labor alone creates value is also incorrect. If that were the case, 
The third world would not be the third world. It would be flourishing. Longer workdays do not ensure wealth creation or growth. And of course, labor is a very important part of economic value and production. But without capital investment, entrepreneurship, and sensible risk-taking, wise management, etc., businesses would fail, as many do. As any businessman will tell you, there are many decisions that go into running a successful enterprise. Furthermore, all labor is not alike. That is, there are different specialties, backgrounds, and approaches both within the workforce and applicable to certain businesses that make references to the pro- proletariat nonsensical. Levin says, Marxism is tyranny disguised as a desirable, workable, and even paradisical governing ideology meaning paradise, that we're supposed to think that this is going to be paradise. There are unlimited utopian constructs, for the mind is capable of infinite fantasies. And boy, is it. These fantasies take the form of grand social plans and experiments, the impracticability and impossibility of which, in small ways and large, lead to one thing and one thing only, the individual's subjugation. In other words, controlling the individual. Individual freedom, then, is out the window, gone. Economic and cultural agenda driven by President Joe Biden and the Democrat Party provide ample examples of this ideology and behavior at work. They include massive deficit spending, confiscatory taxation, and the regulation of all things, large and small, drenched, saturated in Marxist class warfare propaganda. Marxism does not tolerate the competition of ideas or political parties. Their efforts include changing the voting system to ensure the Democrat Party controls everything, and its purpose is the eradication of the Republican Party and political competition. Mark talks about the use of tens of billions in taxpayer funds to subsidize and strengthen core parts of the Democrat Party base, such as unions and political activists. And I believe specifically that includes the National Education Association. The National Education Association is the largest single contributor to the Democrat Party. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you join us please fill out the form on our website called Join Us. Oh, and one last thing. Would you be willing to support us financially? We are 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. And that means that you can take a tax deduction for any amount you give. I encourage you to join the 12 by 12 club. That's $12 a month for 12 months. If you do that, 
you will receive a complimentary parent guide as long as supplies last. Go to our website, parentsrightsined.org, and click on the Donate button. Thanks so much for joining us and helping us do what we do here. This is Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now.